Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to everyone online. Thank God that uh, through the technology and awesome stuff that God has given unto man, that we're able to, uh, to continuously bring the word of God, regardless of whether it's in person or if it's online. And so uh, we welcome you all here this weekend. We're grateful to the Lord for bringing us through 2020, a year that will be referred to in the future as a code name for chaos and confusion. And our prayers and condolences go out to all those who have suffered loss of a loved one and those who have suffered loss of any kind in this past year. Amen. Amen. Let's remember to be very sensitive to individuals. Let's be sensitive to one another. Let's be sensitive to people, even those that were not part of our church that we may not know. You don't know what people are going through. You never know what someone's going through. And let's be, let's be that bright light in the darkness. Let's be that, 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 that uh, let's portray confidence and faith in God. Because there's so many people right now that are suffering from fear. Um, I was telling the story to my wife uh, when I was out Christmas shopping this year, you know, looking, trying to pick out an outfit or something for my wife. And, you know, how, how our, us guys are, like half colorblind. So uh, I, I saw this young lady, you know, a younger lady, and not, I don't mean like real young, but, you know, younger than me anyway. And uh, I, I went towards her. It was over here in Macy's, and I, and I had a sweater and I had a blouse. And all I, all I wanted to do was ask, hey, does this stuff match? And as I, as I got close to this person and started to jumped, I'm like, honey, I, all I want to do is ask you if this matches. It's, you know, but people are full of fear, and it's affected people's personalities affected people's perspective on life so let's just be let's just be sensitive let's be honor to, uh, let's honor one another let's be sensitive to one another because again you don't know what people are going through you know I thought about this the other day you know my wife and I we, I mean, we were like older teenagers and young 20s young adults in the disco age in the 1970s you know and so if in, in 1977 if you mentioned the phrase staying alive One's mind immediately went to John Travolta and the Bee Gees, right? In 2020, if you mention the phrase staying alive, mind went immediately, immediately to hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Okay? And, and I would venture to say that most of us are very happy to say see ya to 2020 and all that it brought us. It was like, like an entire decade in one year. And so, but let, let's just put ourselves on the right track for this weekend. Let's read... From Psalm 20, I want to read to you, starting in verse 1. May the Lord answer you on a day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. May he remember all of your meal offerings except your burnt offerings. May he grant you your heart's desires and fulfill your whole plan. We will sing for joy over your victory. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all of your desires. Now we know that the Lord saves his anointed, and he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some praise their chariots and some their horses, but we will praise the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down or have fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us on the day we call. May our prayers always be answered. May we always have confidence in God our Father who has already said yes and amen to all of his promises in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now at the end of the service, we'll be taking communion together as a means of dedicating ourselves and dedicating this new year to the Lord 
uh, who has saved us by giving his life in our place. Now, the truth of the matter is we do not know what awaits us in the new year, but we know who awaits us in this new year. Amen? Amen? Isaiah 46, verse 9. Remember the former things of old. It's very interesting. In other places in the Old Testament, we're told not to remember the former things. In this verse of Scripture, he tells us to remember. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Think about that. The Bible tells us that God knows. He declares the end from the beginning. He tells us ahead of time. This is the way it's going to be. He declares it ahead of time. You can be guaranteed that it's going to come to pass. Amen? Now, God knows everything that would happen since, the be, since time began. There's nothing that escapes his attention. He knows the end result before it even begins. So because of this, because of the fact that God knows what the end result is going to be even before a situation begins, we can enter into this year with confidence. We can enter full of faith and able to take advantage of the grace that's made available to us. So, so this is Vision Weekend. This is the weekend when we let the church family here at New Beginnings know what direction will be for the coming year as we believe the Holy Spirit has revealed it to us. Now, this weekend, I'm going to spend the time specifically on talking about what I believe the Spirit of God has shown me in the spiritual sense of the direction for the church. Next weekend, we'll talk about some practical things, some practical direction that the church is going to be taking, some things that are happening, and uh, we'll talk more about the practical side, or we can say it this way, the natural side of things. For this weekend, I want you to grab a hold of the spiritual side, because if, you, if we concentrate on the practical or natural side without the spiritual side, we're going to miss out on some things. Amen? Amen. So, for those of you that may be newcomers, for those that are watching online, maybe for the first time, the pattern that's been established here in the ministry for more than a decade, probably more like about 15 years now, that the Spirit of God in, impresses upon me, usually in the fall or definitely before Christmas, what the emphasis and direction should be for the coming year. And this year was no different. Now, we understand that God's not limited to time and space, but we, He knows we're in time and space, and therefore He works with us within this framework. Starting uh, in, around November 1st, or early in November, I began to hear a specific word, but it had not yet come together 100%. It didn't crystallize yet. I kind of knew it was in here, but it was like I'm hearing it, but it wasn't like it was solid yet. And so as we approached December, one of our staff members, uh, Corey O'Neill, came up to me and asked me, Pastor, um, have you heard that yet the word of the Lord for the next year? And I said, I believe I've heard, but I'm not sure. But I promise I will press in and ask the Lord for confirmation. So I'm thinking next week, the week after. Well, that night, my wife and I were sitting uh, watching TV. We were watching a video interview between uh, a gentleman named Sid Roth. Some of you know his program. It's called It's Supernatural. Okay, it's on most of the Christian networks. 
and he was interviewing a man named Mario Murillo. Now, Mario Murillo is a very special person to me. Okay, and they were speaking about the current national turmoil and things that would be coming uh, in, this, in this new year. As we're sitting there listening, uh, they're talking about all different things, and it was all of a sudden, it was like, it was like time suspended for me. My, my wife had no clue. She didn't realize what was going on. We're just watching TV, you know, watching these type of programs, which you normally do. And all of a sudden, it was like I was suspended, like everything just stopped. And I concentrated on Mario Marula's face, and he said this. He declared, in 2021, God is requiring every Christian to be totally dependent on him. When I heard that, it literally, I gasped. I literally took my, my breath away because it was exactly what I had been hearing since the beginning of November. In fact, it hit me so hard emotionally, I, I burst into tears. My wife got, got nervous, like, what's the matter? Are you okay? I said, no, no, you, you don't understand. So I had explained to her that this was the word that I had been hearing since early November. I had asked for confirmation, but I did not expect it to come so immediately and for God to use someone who was so important in my life to deliver this confirmation. You see, back in the late 80s and early 90s, when my wife and, and, and I and our family lived in, uh, in Seaside Park, um, almost every night we would watch Christian television, Christian broadcasting, specifically TBN, okay, which was a big thing. That, that was probably one of the only Christian broadcasting networks at that time. And uh, when Mario Marilla would come on and preach, we were just talking about him recently, when Mario Marilla would come on and preach, something would just jump on the inside of me. Some, some kind of fire would just get lit on the inside of me. And I would say to her, one of these days, that guy, that man's going to lay hands on me. That man is going to lay hands on me for an impartation of anointing. And I would say it over and over again. Well, come July 19, 1995, I'm at a pastor's and minister's conference up in uh, the Meadowlands, that was the day, the night, I should say, that I was going to be licensed as a minister. Uh, and who do you think is on the platform? Mario Murillo. Who do you think is one of the first people to come and lay hands on all the new ministers, the young ministers? Mario Murillo. And I went, oh, my God. Look at this. So, so for God to use that man to deliver the confirmation of this message for this coming year, to me was like, man, this is, this is it. This is the word of the Lord for 2021, the key word is dependence. And this is a tricky one because in our culture, up until very recently, we've always stressed independence. In fact, our nation itself was birthed on the concept of independence. So that independence has sunken so deep into our hearts and into our, our, our psyche that the thought of being dependent almost rubs against the grain of, of who we are as Americans. But you see, the independence that God wanted us to carry on the inside was independence from man, but dependence on God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Okay. So the idea of being self-made is very much an American theme, but in the kingdom of God, success of an individual is tied to their dependence on God. You will not be successful. You will not walk in blessing. You will not walk in, in, in the, 
supernatural ability of God if you have developed a lifestyle that's independent of God. Well, what's some of the key? I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but what are some of the key identifying marks of someone who's independent from God? Well, they're not going to have much of a prayer life. They're not going to be studying the word. They're not really going to have a, a steady attendance record in church, and it is extremely important for the church to come together. Amen? Amen? Especially as we get closer to these last days. And so, so let me give you some, some natural definitions here. Dependence, the state of relying on or needing someone or something for aid, support, or the like. To display complete reliance, confidence, trust in another other than self. Let me ask you this question. Do you think your life would be a little bit different? I'm asking you, those of you that are at home right now, would your life be different if you were completely dependent upon God for everything that you need and everything that you are? So what does it mean to be that dependent? It means that my life no longer is going to be ruled or directed by my own efforts, my own opinions, my own self-reliance. What am I going to do? I'm going to give God the opportunity to be the Lord of my life because if I claim Jesus to be Lord of my life, then I should let him. Yes or no? Yeah, thank you for that big amen back there. Jesus is going to be the leader the provider and the inspiration in my life if I'm going to live completely dependent upon God. And let me tell you something, okay? If you have not found this out yet, the best place for you to be is in complete dependence upon God. Why? Because he knows you. He knows you. He knows how you work. He knows how you're wired. He knows what's going to trigger you. He knows what's going to motivate you. He knows what you've been exposed to. And above all, he knows where he wants to take you. And what he wants you to experience. Amen? So, so this is the year. 2021 is the year of Proverbs 3. Because it's going to be more important than ever in this coming year for us to develop that kind of trust. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Man, right there alone is worth us developing dependence on God. Because how many have ever taken steps to go forward and then found yourself uh, someplace that you didn't want to be? Someplace that wasn't going to take you and wasn't going to fulfill the desires of your heart. Now, verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Fear the Lord. doesn't mean for you to be trembling and shaking. It doesn't mean be terrified. It means have a very healthy respect for God. Now, I don't know if you saw my... Facebook post at the beginning of the week. It's like, I tie everything that's going on in our country, everything that's going on in our society, everything that's going on in families, everything that's going on in the church, sometimes, unfortunately, to a direct link to the fact that most people do not have a fear of God. Most people don't. Most people don't. People in the world that don't believe in God, obviously they don't believe in God, so they're not going to believe in any consequences for doing anything that's contrary to God's will. That's a dangerous, reckless way to live. Why? Because sometimes, you know, if a person that has no fear of God that invites consequences into their life, guess what? Sometimes the people around them get affected by the consequences. So, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Let me read it to you from the Passion Translation. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Here, here's verse 6 here that really needs to become a reality in the life of the church. Become intimate with him 
in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Anybody know any know-it-alls? Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. It goes on in verse 9. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best and with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings and from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Dependence is either totally on God 100% or not at all. Partial dependence is not going to make it. In other words, I can't be dependent on God for, for um, my job, but not dependent on God with my finances. I cannot just be dependent on God for the issues of my heart, but not dependent on God to show me how to walk in forgiveness and walk in love. Amen? amen. You, you guys could say amen. amen. Okay, good. So, amplified classic version of Proverbs chapter 3. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Now listen to me. I recognize, even when I was putting these notes together, that Proverbs chapter 3 is a pretty familiar portion of Scripture to most believers. Okay? But let me tell you something. There are times and seasons of life when there are specific portions of the word of God that need to be elevated, that need to be emphasized, that need to be exalted. And, and listen to me, listen to me closely here, okay? When we are approaching a society that is trying to indoctrinate every individual to be completely dependent upon the state and completely dependent upon a government, Proverbs chapter three better be on every t-shirt, every bumper sticker, every wristband, every, every time you open your Bible, you should start out with Proverbs chapter 3. Why? Because Proverbs chapter 3 is designed for you and I to develop dependence upon God, not on another man. So the message of dependence from Proverbs chapter 3, number one, rely on, trust in, have confidence in God before anyone, anything or anyone else. Man, this just dropped in me. If this message irks you, if this message kind of like scratches you the wrong way, you probably have already been indoctrinated in that other mindset. You see, because that other mindset promises you comfort, promises you whatever you need without work, without sweat, without any effort on your part. But sooner or later, the one who controls everything in your life will take everything away from you. Get mad at me if you want. But it's the truth. The word of God is the only antidote. The word of God is the only thing that stands between us and the loss of freedom. Rely on, trust, and have confidence in God before anything or anyone else. Number two, don't trust in your own abilities. What works last time may not work at all this time. You ever notice that? What worked last time may not work this time. You've got to be confident in God that he's going to take you. You know, I go back to these examples in the Old Testament. I love to study the life of David. And one of the most interesting things in David's life is his, are, are his battles. If you go and study David's battles, very rarely did, he give, did God give him the same instructions twice. 
Sometimes he would tell them to approach a city from behind. Other times he would wait and tell them, wait until you hear the rustling of the trees and then attack. You know, we go through things, okay, well, this is what I did the last time, and the last time I couldn't pay my mortgage, this is what I did. I prayed this prayer, I was nice to my mother-in-law, I, I gave a little extra church, and I got out of it. Well, that might have worked that time, but it might not work the next time. So stop going into default. That's one thing that's terrible that we do sometimes. We act like this is the only way that God's going to move. So stop, don't trust in your own abilities. It will work last time and not work this time. Stop being a know-it-all. Put a little exclamation point. Rely on the Holy Spirit to teach you and to direct you and to remind you of everything the Lord, through the word, has taught you. Amen? Number four, involve him in every area of life. Your health, your emotions, your finances, and your future. Involve him. Let him direct you. Let him guide you. Let me tell you why that's so important. Okay? When I first started hearing from God about pastoring and starting a church, I, I had made a promise uh, not only to my wife, but to people around me, and, and made a promise to God that I was not going to pastor out of a book. You know, because you can buy books today, you can buy any kind of program with the right amount of money and a half decent camera, you start a church. Okay? But I said, Lord, I want to pastor supernaturally. And there would be times when I would almost intentionally make things difficult so God would have to come through. You might not understand that at the time, but at the time with me, I knew I was following the Holy Ghost. For instance, guest ministers would come to church. And I would say to the people, okay, listen, now we're taking our regular tithes and offerings now, but at the end of the service, we're going to be giving an offering to this minister. Now, if you can't do both, now your tithe belongs in the church, you understand that. But if you can't give an offering to the church and then give an offering to the guest minister, hold on to it for the guest minister. And, and I'd, I'd see people's eyes go, like, you know, you don't do that kind of stuff, you know, because you know, everybody's going to take their money and give it to the guest minister. Guess what? The offerings would come in way above, and the guest minister would go away so blessed that they'd be calling up, hey, can I come back next year? And can I come back next year? And can I come back next year? You see what I'm saying? Why would I do something like that? You see, because in my position, when you start a ministry or start a church from scratch, if you do it on your own, then the first time there's difficulty, the first time you start facing conflict, the first time there may not be enough money in the bank to pay the bills, the devil comes and says, you did this. You put this together. But you see, when you take your hands off and you let God do it, the devil can't get away with that lie because I didn't make it happen. I didn't ask for it. In fact, I probably ran, for it for, for, ran from it for a number of years. So, so when difficulties has ever, have ever come into this ministry, the very last thing that ever crosses my mind, you weren't supposed to do this. You see what I'm saying? So now let's say, let's say for instance, you push because you want a job and you want to move to a certain part of the country and you want this particular thing and you, you're just going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen. And then it happens. You walk through some door, okay? But then difficulty comes. Resistance comes. Tough times come. Now what happens? You start, you start now being self-condemned and the enemy's right there to fuel it and say, well, you made this happen. You, know, you, were, you, know, you knew in your heart that God wasn't moving you this way, but you wanted it so bad. But when you see, when you develop a lifestyle, am I helping anybody with this? When you develop a lifestyle that you're saying to God, 
I'm taking my hands off this thing. If you want this to happen, you make it happen. But I am not pushing. We just recently went through a situation like this, okay, where I could have made something monumental happen. But I knew in my heart, don't do it. Let God bring it to pay. If, if God doesn't make this happen, let it go. Because if this thing blows up in your face, it could cost you everything. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody been in a position like that? And you know what I'm talking about. I took my hands off that thing. But you know what happened that was so unique? I was able to walk away from something that looked so good. And I walked away from it without a sweat. In the past, I wouldn't sleep at night. I'd be going back and forth on this decision. But I was at quiet because I committed it. I, I let God direct our steps. I acknowledged him in every step we took. And thank God I was able to walk away without any kind of heartache, without disappointment, without anything. Why? Because I'm, I have learned up until this point. And, and listen to me. It's been a hard road. It hasn't been easy. Okay, 36 years and 23 years of ministry. Okay, now those are inclusive. Not, don't add them up. <laughs> you know, you have plenty of opportunities to try to make things happen yourself. You know, some people get in trouble. Of course, nobody in here be this stupid. Some people get in trouble because they force a relationship that the Holy Ghost is telling you, walk away from this. Oh, but you know, the years are passing by and I want to have kids and, and, and you push and you push and you push and then what happens? A year later, you're sitting in the counseling office crying. Oh, hallelujah. So good to walk in the wisdom of God. So, so let's look from the word right now. What does total dependence on God look like? I want us to go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. I love this story because there's just so much depth in here and so many principles for us to operate in. And it's such a great example. Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse 2. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazard, whatever that place is. Verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared. Now that's a natural thing, right? It's because some people get guilty when, when it's a natural. Now, now it doesn't say he entertained fear. It says he feared and did what? And set himself to seek the Lord. He feared and set himself to seek the Lord. When fear hits you, the best thing you could do is do what? Set yourself to seek the Lord. Not try so I can handle this. You don't know me, Pastor. I got big shoulders. Yeah, yeah, we're all impressed. <laughs> and Jehoshaphat feared. Did you ever have that, that thing hit you? Feared. And did he, he, he did what? He had the sense enough to set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from who? The Lord. He didn't, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Okay? Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in, Jer in, in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? What, what are they doing? They start reminding God of who he is. Amen? They start reminding God of who he is. What? For God's sake? No, for their sake. 
They're building God up in their own heart. Verse 7, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? What's he doing? He's reminding God of God's covenant and God's promises. Amen? And they dwell in it and have built to you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, now he starts to quote King Solomon when King Solomon dedicated the temple. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this, in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel... Now he's giving God a history lesson again. He's saying, God, when we came out of Egypt, and that was hundreds of years before him, he's saying, God, when we came out of Egypt, you told us, don't touch Ammon, don't touch Moab, don't touch the people of Mount Seir. Look at now how they're repaying us. You would not let us invade, and you would not let us destroy them. Verse 11, here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given, to, given us to inherit. Verse 12, most important verse of this whole chapter. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Look at this. Say it with me nice and loud. But our eyes are upon you. Best place to be. So, but Pastor, I could just say that. They got a multitude coming to attack them. But their eyes are upon God. King Jehoshaphat did exactly what Proverbs chapter 3 instructs us to do. As soon as the message came, yeah, fear came. Tried to overtake his mind. Tried to, I'll guarantee you he was struggling with the temptation. Like, how can I do this? How many soldiers do we have? How many, how many spears do we have? How many arrows do we have? But he, he resisted that temptation. He went directly to God. He didn't try to figure it out himself. He didn't try to plan a strategy of his own. He gathered to people, watch this, and led by example. He humbled himself before the Lord and declared his dependence on God for everyone to see and to hear. I want to remind you again of that verse 12. Verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. And we don't know what to do. Man, that's been the biggest question of this past year. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. 2020 was a year where many of us tried to figure everything out. We tried to figure it out for ourselves. None of us really knew who or what to trust as the truth that was coming from these information centers, which we now see were determined to just make us into sheep and follow every stupid little thing that they told us. Okay? One thing for sure. All right, good. Let's get on here. One thing for sure that 2020 taught us that reliance upon God is the only sure thing that we have in life. Now, 2021 will probably be the year when most of us are forced to say we have no power in ourselves against all this adversity that's coming against us, but our eyes are upon you. Now, I understand that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I understand that in this dispensation that we live in, in the age of the church, in the age of grace, that you and I have been made more than conquerors because he loves us. He's equipped us. But listen to me. I want to bring a warning together with this encouragement. If you have been living a lifestyle of independence from God, doing things your own way, making yourself the center of attention, 
making you the self-made person, you may have a hard time. The future is going to require us to abandon self-reliance, and unfortunately, some of us may have to learn it the hard way. But it doesn't need to be that way. We're going to get ready to, to take communion. And I want you to consider this. Could I have, please, a communion cup? By now listen. What's the word for this year? What's the word for this year? Dependence. Dependence. Now, at the Last Supper, Jesus was inviting his disciples to come into a relationship in which he could live through them. And he's inviting us to come into a relationship in which he can live through us. But we're going to have to make ourselves dependent upon him. And listen to me. I, it's not my place to issue you a list of directives, a list of do's and don'ts. Because this lifestyle of dependence is an attitude above all else. It is an attitude that you display when chaos tries to come into your life. It's an attitude that, you, that rises up in you when you start to face difficulties. It's an attitude that is extremely important when you have success in your life. Because that's when the temptation to take credit for that is the strongest. Dependence upon God allows us to do the things we need to do even if we're afraid doing it. Dependence upon God permits me to disconnect from my limitations and connect to his unlimited power and potential. Dependence upon God causes our lives, listen, this is important, to illustrate the faithfulness of God because he never fails. In other words, what am I saying? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. When you decide to live your life dependent upon God, you're going to display his faithfulness. People are going to be watching you and watching me how we handle the difficulties of life. Dependence upon God releases us from the world system of control and manipulation and releases us into that freedom of his love. Amen? Amen. So important. Listen to me. So important. Uh, I wish I had subtitles underneath me in about 17 different languages to get this thing across. It is extremely important. In 2021, we have to walk in dependence upon God. And listen to me. He loves you so much. There may be situations that come across your life for you to have the opportunity to just say, I, I don't know what to do here, Father. Now, I'm not talking about sickness and disease. I'm not talking about calamity and tragedy. I'm not talking about that kind of loss that does not come from God. God is not the originator of those things. Okay? But when they come to us because you have a target on your back, and the enemy targets those who belong to God. You may hear that little voice on the inside say, trust me, rely on me, depend on me. Stop trying to figure it out yourself. Let's take communion together. Remembering all that Jesus has done for us and to seal our commitment to place, depend, what, what's the matter? Oh. Thank you, Ryan. Take that cup.
peel off that little plastic on top. Take hold of that little wafer there. What we're holding in our hands is a symbol of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bread of life, the one who was born in the house of bread, Bethlehem. Bread without leavening, without yeast, without any kind of rising agent, because those things are symbolic of sin in the Bible. So here we take this bread, the symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ, with thanksgiving in our hearts. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over this, and then we're going to take it all together. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, you gave your son for us, Lord. We're so grateful, God. He lived a life completely dependent upon you, Father. He said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what I see the Father do. Father, we so, so much want to follow that example. And so by taking this communion, by remembering all that Jesus has done for us, Lord, we seal our commitment that this is the year that we abandon self-reliance. This is the year that we abandon self-preservation. This is the year that we depend on you for everything. Holy Spirit, help us to walk in this. We receive this with thanksgiving in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please peel off that foil? I pray that those of you at home that are watching this, you've went ahead and gotten some juice and some matzah or a cracker or something. I'm sure you got something there in the house left over from the holidays. What we hold in our hand is symbolic of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for us at the cross. The blood that God the Father in heaven accepted as payment for our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you allowed your son, your only son, to shed his blood for us. We're so grateful, Lord. And if Jesus could die for us and Jesus could shed his blood for us, the least we can do is to live for you. And so we acknowledge our dependence upon you, Father. But Lord, we don't know what's coming in 2021. But we know this. Without you, Father, we have no power against whatever is coming over the horizon. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Our eyes are upon you, Lord. We receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in closing... I'd like us to pray a prayer together. I'd like you to repeat this after me. I like to call it uh, the prayer of Jehoshaphat. It's kind of modeled after his prayer, his heart, his attitude. Say this with me, Lord. Lord. I don't know what 2021 may bring. I acknowledge my dependence on you and you alone apart from me apart from you I have no power 
but I can do, I can do all things, all things through, the power through the power of Jesus Christ within me. Lord, there's a great war going on on the inside of me. Issues, wounds, and hurts that follow me year to year. This is the year that I turn them all over to you. Heal me and I shall be healed. Cleanse me and I shall be clean. Direct my steps this year. And I will submit myself to you. Spirit, soul, and body. And with all my material possessions. Everything I am. Everything I have. Is yours. Thank you for protecting me. And my loved ones. Thank you for abundant wisdom. Grace. And blessings in my life. In 2021. I totally rely on, trust in, and have confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.